Welcome to Mic Drop Events, where we help you create events that people love. We believe that boring is brutal, quality is crucial, and remarkable events will take your business to the next level. What's up, everyone? Sean Specey here with Mic Drop Events, and I'm sitting here with Jasmine Smith, who is sitting in the Metro DC area. Jasmine, um, your bio is right here in front of me, and as I pull it up, this is a little bit about Jasmine. She she wrote us. We said, hey, Jasmine, can you just tell us about yourself? And this is what she sent us, a former wedding planner who has worked with more than 250 couples and communications strategist for a few of the world's leading consulting firms. She continues her pursuit of excellence, producing live events, conducting workshops for the wedding industry, and tackling varying entrepreneurial projects, which has me with like question marks on my forehead. I'm like, I want to (laughs) know what are the entrepreneurial projects, but Jasmine, so excited to be here with you. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, letting me join your podcast today. I'm looking forward to um, our conversation. I always love talking to people in the event space. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Same, same. And so Jasmine, is there anything that wasn't there that I just read that you would love for the listeners to know about you? Anything that you're working on? And you can do the shameless plugs. We can just do that now. Hey, follow Jasmine on Twitter, right? So what's your Twitter handle? Where are you most active? Yeah, my Twitter handle is, what's my Twitter handle? It's um, Jasmine Dots and it's Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-E-D-O-T com. Uh, on Twitter. So it's pretty simple. I'm, I'm, I'm searchable. I'm easy to find. Um, the only thing, Sean, that was not mentioned in my mini bio, which was fine when we say during entrepreneurial projects is I actually own an event production company. So yeah, you do. So, and like everyone else, we've been doing a ton of virtual events this year, um, which has been fun. It's kind of learning this this new space uh, with different types of technology. So yeah, outside of that, I spent a lot of time in the wedding space many, many, many years. Um, I don't miss it, um, but I'm still involved in, in just a different capacity. And that's my my opportunity to be able to just talk to other wedding professionals and ca- kind of offer my you know insight um, based on my previous experience. So that's me in a nutshell. Oh. I'm, I'm also a mom. I have to put out there, I'm also a mom. So yes. Kids, how old are they? One. Okay. He 20. He's a freshman in college. Nice. Um, so yeah, so we've been, you know, stuck in the house together the last few, actually only weeks. He's actually in school. Like they came home for winter break. So um, we had to kind of adjust like living together, which has been interesting. But uh, but yeah, I am a mom in addition to uh, owning a business. I love it. Well, um, a mom in addition to owning a business. So mompreneur, right? Is that like the term that's floating around? Some people call themselves. I, I don't. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to call you that if you weren't calling yourself that. So uh, I love that. It's all good. Awesome. So, um, well, Jasmine, we were talking beforehand and I told you we were going to do a quick icebreaker. So at Elevate, we love icebreakers for events, for meetings, for conferences. So this is the icebreaker from one to 10. If, it, if 10 were, it's like running in my blood. One is like, no, thank you. I don't want any. And the topic is coffee. Where do you fall from one to 10? I am at a hard, strong 15 because <laughs> I had two cups this morning around 5.30 a.m. And right before we jumped on, I put the coffee pot on. So um, I love Starbucks. I love the experience, but I also love to brew my own. So I do both typically. But yeah, I'm, I'm, coffee is like, it's, it's my fuel. So I'm definitely off the one to 10 scale for coffee. I love it. So wait, how much of the coffee pot are you going to drink before it's done? Um, 
I mean, I, don't judge me, Sean, but I will say <laughs> I might have one more cup just because I have a late night tonight. Um, but yeah, so maybe like three cups a day-ish. You know, and then okay. when, when it's event day, you know, I just kind of go ham. So it may be a full pot. <laughs> depends on kind of where I am and what I'm, who I'm working with. So I love it. So from one to 10, you're a 15. And for all of our Starbucks listeners, I'm sure there's tons of them out there. What is your go-to Starbucks order? Um, it's cafe mocha with uh, no foam, no whip with almond milk. Bam. <laughs> so if that's if that's not like a very detailed description, I don't know what is. I'm not I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't drink coffee. So I don't even know half of the words that you just said. Oh, you're missing <laughs> out on life just a little bit, Sean. Just, I'll just say that. <laughs> well, Jasmine, so excited that you're here. Um, I mean, the title of this podcast is Mic Drop Event. So I'm excited to go deeper into you, into the event world. And a lot of the people who are going to be listening, um, they might not even have event planner in their job description. They might be an executive assistant that's been handed this event and said, hey, can you run with it? So um, so that's some of the people that are going to be listening. And as we go in, I've got a couple questions for you. The first one is um, that I want to go into is what is your opinion right now? I was just on with Clubhouse with a couple of other people and we were talking about hybrid events. If you were put, if you were picking up your crystal ball and shaking it, and you're like the fortune teller of the future, where do you think the events industry is going to go as far as virtual, hybrid, or in-person events? Yeah, that's a great way to, to a great question to start with. Um, I believe, just based on where we are, um, especially in the U.S. as a society, that we're going to be doing virtual events for a very, very long time. Um, I think that in addition to them actually being some pretty fun experiences, I think that um, a lot of companies and organizations are able to save money and cutting costs. Now, virtual events still cost money, but they're, they're no way in comparison to when you have to go and like, you know, you have a, a venue, right? And you have a food and beverage minimum. So I will say that I think, I think for at least the next two years, like virtual events will go strong. Um, and I think maybe as early as next year, I guess this year, 2021, like Q3, I would suspe- suspect that we would start seeing hybrid events. Um, I'm actually planning my very first hybrid event and it's actually June of 2021. So I think, you know, as the world is, we have a vaccination, it's here, right? So I think there's just some hope that things will get better. And I think that people will, you know, have a small hybrid just to kind of see what's to turn out, you know, kind of limit uh, capacity, right? You obviously can't have a thousand people in a room, but maybe you have, you know, 200 and you have it streamed, right? So you have this hybrid of this kind of in-person experience, but they're also people that are engaging in and tuning in by way of some type of virtual platform. Okay. I love that. And I'm curious about this hybrid event that you're starting to plan. Why is it that they chose to go hybrid versus just all virtual? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, my client was actually booked. We booked with them last year. So it was supposed to be in 2020. It was supposed to be a huge anniversary events and, um, two reasons. One, they're locked into a contract with the hotel, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, and so they need to be able to use some of the money that's been committed on the contracts. Um, and then the second part is just the client, 
um, believes that they've had so many virtual events that, you know, their audience, their stakeholders, their members, their community really just deserves to be brought together um, in the best and most safest way possible. And so they're willing to take mm-hmm. the risk. Um, they'll do a part of it will be virtual, but they're going to have a actually full like half day event in a park outside. So that kind of adding a social element, which is more the hybrid. Um, they are going to have a kind of private cocktail um, kind of reception. And then during the day, that's when they will, you know, utilize the, the virtual app for um, being completely um, uh, virtual programming that will happen. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so interesting. The, the, the problems that hybrid events solves, right? So we're actually planning a hybrid event next week also for a company. They, and what's interesting is they are a company that's all virtual. So Slack is their headquarters. They don't have an office space that they usually meet at and they have people all over the country. So getting together in person is incredibly important for them because of their company culture. But obviously the pandemic is still going on and some people are willing to go and some people aren't. And so we did this event for them six months ago. And when we did it, it was kind of a hybrid event. We still had some people tuning in on Zoom. We had about 40 people in this big ballroom. So everyone was socially distant and all the protocols that you need, but We just had a computer sitting there on Zoom so that people could watch. But what was interesting is they gave feedback. They're like, hey, we couldn't really hear that well. So now that they're repeating it, all of a sudden they're recognizing, hey, we need to step the technology game up because the problem is still there. There's still some people that are more willing to travel than others. There's some people that... And maybe they just can't make it. Maybe it's a parent of a newborn and they're on maternity leave, but they really want to listen in and participate, but they just can't travel right now. So it's interesting. So question for you, now that you're planning a hybrid event, if someone that's listening to this conversation is they're going to start planning their hybrid event, where, where did you start? Where would you recommend someone start? Yeah, so I did kind of a deep dive with my client to really understand, like, why do you want to make this hybrid, right? Like, so it's like, don't just jump into it and just say, we have to have this event. It has to be hybrid. But I really wanted her to, you know, think strategically. um, Does this make the most sense, right? Um, What kind of experience do you want to offer? Because I think that ties into hybrid as well. To your point, if you're going to do a Zoom and, you know, you're going to have a screen up for people that are in the room or that, and then everyone else is listening on Zoom, like, is that the experience you want to have? Are there ways to also have some other engagement during the event if you do it in that style? So um, I would I always say, but kind of start with your why, which is kind of like your event goal, right? Why are you doing this? What do you want people to walk away with? Um, what kind of experience? And then begin to shape that hybrid experience around that. So again, if you want to, you know, rent and have this amazing ballroom for, you know, the, the special 40 that can come, um, cool. Um, that's fine. You know, you have to also think about all the, you know, safety precautions that go with that. But I think that um, technology is, is equally, if not more important, because, you know, we know that what's happening in the room is going to work because we've done that. But what you don't know is the virtual part, right? The technology part. So I would say focus on your why, get your goal together, figure out what you want that experience to look like and to begin shaping and crafting your event around that. I love that. I love that thought. And and what you said resonates completely with me because Simon Sinek, who's a well-known author, he has an entire book dedicated to, right, start with why, and so that's that's really what we all need to do is whether it's in person, whether it's virtual, whether it's hybrid is start with and maybe your client is your CEO and you need to dive into their why, right? Like what is their why versus what is the executive vice president of sales? What is their why? 
and where can you marry the two together, which is super, super important. Well, I'm curious on this thread of hybrid events. You mentioned um, that you you own and operate an event production company also as one of your entrepreneur things. So obviously you've probably been doing virtual events for a while now. So I'm curious, what lessons have you learned, either mistakes that you've seen with technology or maybe it wasn't your mistake, but it was an error with technology? What what experiences do you have that have led you to where now you feel more confident with a hybrid event? Yeah. So let me just take one step back and just add to the why piece. I think that that just, that just, that, that gets me excited. Like, why are we doing this? It'd be intentional. <laughs> the one thing I didn't say, Sean, that I want people to know was like, also understand your audience because mm. everyone, your audience may not be technology savvy, right? So if they're not, then everyone's going to be emailing you saying, I can't get into the app. It's not working. I can't hear. So I think along with kind of understanding the why is understanding like, you know, is our audience ready for this? Maybe they only really need in-person events and that's no shade, but that's, it's real, right? Um, to answer your question about um, just things I've learned. So yes, we did our first event virtual in May, had no clue what I was doing. Like, yes, I've been doing events and I can do an event in person, but you know, online, it is a little different, right? And it's more of the technology side. So um, for me, one huge lesson that was great for me when I first did our first event was um, testing, testing, testing. Um, and so my company is small. I hire a lot of um, freelance creatives when I need, you know, for larger, larger scale uh, production, I, I hire multimedia people. Um, but I just like had a couple of friends jump on a call with me. Uh, we did hop and was the first platform. And I was like, Hey, I need you guys to all be speakers, right? Because I need to understand what is their experience. So I would say if you're trying something new, like, yes, we all know and love Zoom. And I wish I would have bought stock in it like many months ago. Um, and Zoom is me cool. too. Me too. <laughs> me too. Oh my gosh! If I could rewind the clock, I would have so much stock in Zoom because it has like tripled. All right, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, but um, my point being that, like, you know, it's, I think it's one of the most familiar platforms that people know, which is cool. But there are other platforms out there that are being used, right? So I would definitely say, as you're looking at your why, who it's for, what you want to happen. You know, spend some time if you can, like in a demo environment. Most platforms that you're looking at, some of them will create kind of a demo test environment to make sure you're comfortable with it, especially if you're not an event planner, producer, production, technical person. Um, the other lesson that's been great, um, this 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 has come from my previous life as a consultant. My background is in more formal PR and communications, and that's communication. Like that is key. Um, especially with speakers. Um, I have attended a lot of events more from my own. I want to learn, but also I want to also see the kind of experiences happening. So um, one thing that I'm seeing and that I'm learning that a lot of uh, planners and producers aren't doing is spending enough time making sure that the speakers are prepped and that they feel comfortable, right? Sean, you've seen this. I hate when speakers jump on, they're like, can you hear me? Can you see me? And you're like on the main stage, like, yes, we've, we went, you know, so, so, you know. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's so bad. I do speaker prep sessions. Um, I finished this three-day event in December. I literally had seven speaker prep sessions because we had 36 speakers, but they were all around the world, literally, right? So I spent maybe 30 minutes. And some of my messaging is like, now that I've showed you, when you, you know, once you're on stage, you don't need to say, can you hear or see me, right? So it's kind of reiterating those things. And I think they actually appreciate them. I've gotten emails from speakers, um, from sponsors saying, oh my God, this was, you know, so we, we felt so prepared. So I think that's been a huge lesson um, as well. Communication, um, testing, and then just kind of combing through that run of show and those details and making sure that like 
you know, everything is a lot forward, especially from a timing perspective. Um, we forget about things like transition, like that needs to be built into your run of show and your schedule, right? Because you may need to take a break, which means you may need to have to come back from a break, right? So what does that period of transition look like, whether it's a slide or there's music or your MC just kind of, you know, talking to people. I think um, that transition and, and the run of show, those details are equally important as communication and um, doing the testing. 100, 100,000 percent. Like on a scale from one to 10, I'm at like 15 right now with what you're saying because it's so true. And you're you're kind of giving me like, uh, what is it, um, PTSD a little bit right now because my first ever webinar I ever created was called Fixing Awkward Event Transitions. And the reason why I'm getting PTSD is because only two people showed up to it and one of them was my wife. Nobody, nobody signed up for it. <laughs> but it's so important. It's so important, especially in the virtual event space, because if you just sit there and there's nothing happening on screen, you're like, did I do something wrong? Did my Zoom, they like start leaning in, did like the Zoom go down? <laughs> like, are, are you okay? <laughs> All of that, it's yeah. And it's important for in-person, it's important for hybrid, it's important for virtual, all of it. I love that. And the know your platform is super important too and test it. I, I love what you were talking about of doing the speaker run-throughs and making sure they feel comfortable. We we did a summit one time where we had a person like the day before the event, we dedicated one person just to sit on the platform for five hours they were, of course, able to do other work, but they were just sitting there muted waiting for – we said, hey, between this time and this time, you as a speaker can come in at any time you can, but we need you to test your audio and your video, and you, we need you to know that you can log in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And don't rely on just like sending along um, – can I curse or not? I probably should. <laughs> I would say don't – you know, don't – Put too much really long, you know what, email because people don't read. So, you know, speaker communication is important. Like you can send an email, but don't rely on, oh, we sent out emails with the link to our speakers, right? And you can, I think you should still send an email. I think it should be short and sweet, but don't rely on that. That's just not enough. Exactly. Exactly. Because you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, drink right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and because here's the thing too, is if you're a corporate event planner and you're listening to this, the CEO isn't going to re read a super long email. They're just going to, they're used to just walking in, grabbing a microphone and going, and their time is very valuable and it should be, it should be protected. But what you can do is one thing that we found to be super helpful is we go live on the platform about an hour beforehand. And the reason why is we just say, Hey, on event day, we're going to be live for 30 minutes before we say, Hey, the, if the event starts at two o'clock, you can come on with us and test from 1 to 1.30, and then we know that they're good. It's the day of the event. Then they've got 30 minutes to prep, and then the event starts. And what's interesting with virtual events is virtually the audience usually doesn't log in until 5 to 10 minutes beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so going live early, testing has been super, super valuable um, in our world. I'm, I'm glad to hear that we're not the only ones. So that's – that's I love what you said there. And then communication, of course, is 100% key. And like you said, don't just send a super long email because they might not read it, right? So why waste all that time and energy pouring yourself into a long one? And one of the things that we found also is a two-minute video sometimes is way easier for someone to consume than a email that they've got to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll on their phone. So yeah, I agree. 100%. 
So we talked about lessons. We talked a little bit about hybrid events. Um, I want to close it down with this um, mic drop events. What are some of your favorite mic drop moments that you've seen at an event? And maybe uh, an additional question would be, do you plan those or are they unscripted? Yeah, mic drop. I would say um, I was fortunate to do an amazing event, a series of events from September through the last one was actually end of January with some like phenomenal brands and speakers and we did some brand activations. But um, I think what I love the most or one of the aspects I love the most was uh, my client hired a, a visual illustrator. And so her job is to like create this visual illustration of the dialogue and conversation that's going on. And then at the end of each event, we do a reveal, right? So like the speaker has no idea we're doing this. So it's a surprise and it's a gift two for one um, for the speaker. They actually get a mailed copy of it. Um, and, and then all the guests are like blown away that within, I mean, the fireside chat could be an easy 45 minutes and then we do a Q and a, so we're talking about an amount matter, a matter of an hour and a half. There's this entire illustration that's like captured every gym and nugget and thought and book title, um, you know, and who the person was and who the sponsors were. And it's just been, I don't know, it's just been, even though I've seen it like four times for every event, every time I'm like blown away, um, shout out to her name is Ayumi Bennett. Um, I think it's A-Y-U-M-I and then Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T. She's on Instagram. She's so dope. I'm like, girl, get your website up because I need to be like pitching you to all my event clients. But I just think it added something different and unexpected to the event. So for me, that's been a mic drop moment. I know we all love DJs. I feel like, you know, the DJ thing, we're seeing it. It's not played out because I love music and I think it works. Um, But my very first event, we actually had a poet and she just like killed it. Like it was like, it just was, it, I almost felt like I was in the space with her. And so this, you know, see someone deliver something. Um, she actually didn't even have her face on camera, which was weird. Um, Cause don't know you see that, you know, the DJ or the person that's speaking, um, but just the, her tone and her energy, like you could feel it. And um, the guests were tweeting about it. Right. So it was awesome that, you know, as a producer, I, I think one thing that we're able to see, Sean, we're able to, from the, from the behind the scenes, you know, we're able to sit in and hear some really cool like you know, speeches and, and conversations and then also some like, cool experiences. Um, but I also love that, like, my phone is lighting up because people are using my client's hashtag and they're talking about what's happening in the event. So for that, that poet was really, really dope. And again, the illustration, those have been two things that have really stuck out for me this year. I love that. I love that. We've we've got some similar experiences to what you're talking about. Actually, I interviewed um, on episode three of this podcast. So Mike Drop Events episode three was William Warren, who's the CEO of a company called The Sketch Effect. And they are there. It's a whole company and they've got sketch artists that do this in person at events as well as virtually. And it's so cool, the artwork that these people can create, because my artwork is like this ugly stick figure. My, my three-and-a-half-year-old does better artwork than I do. And they, they create this entire board or this entire image. And especially virtually, it's super cool because you can get a time lapse of it, which is awesome to see. And so it creates this really cool, like you said, a mic drop moment. And then you can share it on social media. It's a really cool gift for the speakers to take away. I love that. And then, yes, we had a spoken word artist. We did our Elevate Summit back in the summer of 2020, and we had a spoken word artist who was local to Atlanta, and she was incredible. She, I, I had chills from head to toe of what she was saying because it was related to just connecting in person with people and still not losing that motivation that we all need 
Be- and it's some it's really hard to stay motivated right now because we're all separated from our quote unquote norm, right? So it's so cool what you can do with artists and art forms don't have to be lost. They can translate through virtual and through hybrid as well as in person. So a hundred percent. Well, Jasmine, it's been so fun chatting with you for this episode, but before we go, um, number one is what is a mic drop statement that, uh, what is a lasting, just a word or a phrase or something you can leave our listeners with just one piece of advice or something along that lines that would be your mic drop statement. Oh, wow. That's like, that's deep, Sean. I feel like I need to like take some, <laughs> some boots down and do an outline. Um, you know what? I think I would just leave a word. Um, and this, I think, is a word that would apply to, um, you know, industry folk as well as people who have just been tasked with like, hey, go plan and figure this out. And I think 